the jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XM OutQ. I'm Larry Flick, and you are on the Jolt Sirius XM OutQ. And uh, a pleasure to welcome to our studio Mr. Antonio Banderas. He is the star of the much anticipated new movie, The 33. Hello there. How, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks to uh, thanks to you for coming to see us. I feel even better still. So, My pleasure. Um, congratulations on the movie. I was watching it yesterday. Thank you. And um, it's funny because it plays like a thriller, and after a while you forget that it, this really happened. That's and right. For folks who are not aware, the movie The 33 um, traces what happened to those 33 miners who were trapped in Chile. Um, and you play the man who became known as Super Mario. Yeah, I play uh, Mario Sepúlveda, fundamental figure in, in the whole entire story. Uh, at some point, he, he takes over the whole situation and manage actually to play with time and certain discipline inside the mind that ultimately save all the miners. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fascinating story and and a fascinating character, um, and it really does. Was there any point where you were reading the script and was there anything that because there's a lot that I feel like we didn't necessarily know during the news coverage, which we all watched very closely, but it right. felt like we were going a little bit deeper into the story. What what was your feeling about well, that? Well, basically what we try is to put a magnifying glass in the situation and go for the nuances. And what is, that's the question that we, we made to ourselves when we were going to make the movie. What is this movie about, basically? What is the core of the movie? And we came out to conclusions that are very simple. The whole entire movie is about life itself Mm. And how, uh, you know, depreciated the value is in our days when we watch the news and how much these people uh, wanted to fight for that uh, supreme value. Not only them, but the people outside. There is uh, the whole entire movie it moves in and pivots between what is happening outside with all the family members, especially women. is a very female, bright, light uh, side of the movie. And then it goes down to this masculine, uh, uh, tough, uh, testosterone world of the, the people trapped in there. And how they're fighting actually just to, to go back to their poverty, but a rich poverty in which they love each other. And in our days, so confusing and so violent, uh, violent I, I think the, the movie has a beautiful message. Also, uh, talking about faith. Indeed. There, there was no faith. Uh, in both sides, you know, Mario, the character that I, I play that actually is the only one that at a certain point has uh, hopes to transmit to the rest of the group that they were going to make it and the people outside that are just digging with the, basically the bare hands in order to just bring them out. Well, watching the movie, I kept thinking that there's so much for all of us to learn from what these folks went through in watching this movie because... We, we have this this uh, belief that we need all the different things that we say we need in order to have a good and happy life. And you learn very quickly that these, these folks who are trapped create a new world order, a new society. And is it their 
preference. I don't think so. But I do think that it, it strips us down to the human basics and our ability to maybe, maybe rethink the lives we're living right now. That, that's, I think, what the people may come out of the theater. And that's who are produce a very strong, primitive, atavic uh, emotion. Just to see that those things that actually are important in our life are very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a moment in, in the movie in which they are face to face with death. They have one uh, can of tuna for 33 people and beyond that, oblivion and death. And all they can think, and they have these fantasies, is the hug of your mother, <laughs> mm-hmm. the eyes of your daughter, uh, you know, a tap in your back from uh, your sister. Um, that's pretty much it. And a, you know, a dish with certain food that they love. Everything else disappears. It's not important. And it's true in, in our days that you know, we think if we don't have the new phone, the new car, the new house, the new jacket, it, it, it seems like we, are, we cannot be happy. And, <laughs> and the movie's telling you wrong. <laughs> yeah, indeed. It also talks about how powerful the brain is and how powerful oh, yeah. memories are and, and sensory recall and... It it really it's 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 such a layered story and it plays out so nicely on screen. Um, but I'm curious to know, Antonio, if you had any um, feelings about who and what Mario became to these people, because he was more than just the leader; he was more than just the the peacekeeper. Right. He, in some ways, became the conduit to their faith. He became that that link that that reminder. Right. It was it 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 could have become very messiah like, very godlike at times. Well, there was a you know when I met with Mario for the first time, we were working in Colombia already in the mines, and uh, <laughs> he's a character, a person that is bigger than life, is a force of nature, funny, charismatic, um, a leader, a natural leader. But he said to me, the first thing that he said was, yay, Zorro. <laughs> he said, Zorro, I am no Zorro, I am a human being. And you have to portray me like that, like a human being. And so don't forget that, because I was very good at some points, but I made my mistakes in there. And it's true, you know, at the beginning, he resists, he loves uh, life so strongly, so deeply, that he couldn't just imagine of the possibility of death. So if he got to, to just you know, dig out with his own hands, he would have done it. But there was a moment that we didn't know so much about that part of the story when they start having communication with the exterior world and they were founded. They just provided with food and medicines and water, but also they were contaminated by the fact that they knew already that they were celebrities out, out there. You know, Obama was uh, sending them uh, telegrams and the Pope and everything else. And so at that particular moment, Mario started reading this whole drama in terms of opportunity. And so he, he started making uh, book deals and he started receiving money. And that it broke, in a way, the group. He became very individualist. And in fact, he was expelled out of the group for uh, two or three days. 
But at the same time, there is a beautiful side of redemption in him that he uh, had to eat basically all his pride and ask for apologies to be readmitted in the group. And at the beginning, also the character played by Lou Diamond Phillips, who is, he's the boss, actually, of all of these miners, he finds also a moment of weakness. He, he's in shock. He panicked uh, in front of this situation, so he, know, he doesn't know what to do. Um, but then, at the end, he's the one who readmits him. He's the first hand you know, in the shoulder of Mario Sepulveda. So there are all these worlds going on. And of course, they all became heroes in a red carpet, more yeah. Hollywood than yeah. Hollywood, but um, they wanted to be recognized as human beings with um, their miseries and their greatnesses. It's so fascinating to to think about all of this because it, it still speaks to our ability to reshape society, right? In a way, it does, yes. Because... because in, if 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 Mario had gone through this entire process with the ability that he would have had not trapped, I don't know. I would hope that there would be that moment of redemption, but it might have come slower. It might have come with less passion. Yeah. It might have come. You, do you know what I mean? Because, Absolutely. Because because human nature is to stay comfortable. Exactly. And and to to see to see him really fight with this new world order that has happened underneath is um it's riveting to look at it really is he was a survivor from yeah. very very early stages of his life and you know this is a man that his mother died giving him birth and he, he has been struggling basically his whole life in mm. order to survive without knowing what the next day was going to bring to him so at a certain point life itself gave him an opportunity to use all of those bad things that happened in his life in order to save his pals, the, the other 32 of the group, because he got that, that potential, that, that kind of a strength coming from I don't know where, you know. Besides that, all of them were very religious people. They, 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 the group, having different confessions, they are not Catholics, but they all have one God, and they grab that very, very, very strongly too, you know, so faith plays in the movie not only as, a, you know, a, the strength of the families for a continuing, a continuing the search, continuing the, the, the rescue, uh, uh, but also as a religious concept. It's interesting because when we were watching, I mean, uh, uh, working in the movie, uh, we were asking ourselves how many of these situations may have happened in the world in which actually uh, the rescue teams were calling back and everybody stopped and, you know, they just gave the condolences to the families and probably put some medals on them and that and people has died because there was not that faith. And that is actually... You know, uh, no something that only can happen in minds. I think we all walk in in, in our life with a mind <laughs> yeah. that we have to be sometimes rescue. Indeed. And that is what what the movie is all about. Is talking about you, human being. Indeed, indeed. That's Antonio Banderas joining us here on the Jolt. I'm Larry Flake. We're talking about the new movie, The Thirty Three, and um, the other thing that was uh, striking as I was watching it was how. Uh, despite the fact that it is a movie of enormous scope, watching you felt it felt very much like a a back to basics kind of role. 
it felt it reminded me of the early pieces that I've seen you in. Very raw, <laughs> very kind of like uh, emotionally naked, uh, and very not Hollywood. Yeah. Well, you know, certain decisions made by the direction and the production um, before even we start shooting were very important. One of them was just to count on the real guys to be with us practically the whole entire shooting, mm -hmm. to have that proximity, not only just give you data and information about the the, the, uh, the facts, you know, the, the way we were talking about, but emotionally you approach to them in a completely different way. The fact, actually, that we also shot in real minds, and so, um, you know, you go through the uncomfortability and the... And, um, how miserable actually the life of minor mm. minor C. You have your you 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 have to breathe methane gas practically every day, the carbon monoxide of the machinery over there. And it was very cold when we have to fake it, it was very hot. Practically the whole entire crew became sick. But that at the end you can see that in the movie, that rawness that you are talking about, you know, that kind of raw uh, acting. Uh, if we would have been in a studio it would have been completely different. You finish a take, you go to the trailer, you drink a soda and you're not totally completely <laughs> in that you know? yeah so all of those elements i think that, that at the end uh, you know they uh, insert some kind of psychological game in ourselves with ourselves and we at the end uh, we respect very much the miners because we understood you know the how ag um, aggressive is the environment in which they are working, how dangerous and how close they have to live every day uh, to death. What did it make you think about how you've grown uh, as an actor over the years to do this part because of what you've just described? Um, it gave, uh, I suppose, that you know, experience. Um, <laughs> you, you grow and um, not all... Not all of growing and becoming older is bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> and experience is uh, is something that you cannot buy, that you cannot study. It's something that you have to go uh, through the years and make mistakes and save obstacles uh, in order to obtain it. And I suppose that all that experience as an actor, you know, I, I could put it at the service of a, a material as the one that we had in our hands, you know, when we read, when we read the script, I, I, I knew already that we had something that you have to take very seriously, that you have to be solid with it, and very honest, and very respectful. And so from the moment, and, uh, and seeing my uh, fellow actors, you know, my comrades in the movie just working in the same direction, made us, in a way, become a parallel group of the real group mm. that we were representing. Because it was, it was just all of you guys in this confined space. Yeah. Very different experience from any other set I would imagine you've been on. Oh, yeah. We were for two months and basically living in darkness. We, we got in the mines when the sun didn't even come out. And when we got out of the mine, it was dark already. So we became almost vampires. And at the same time, we were living in a little hotel gas station, literally. You know, because you know, there were no big hotel, fancy hotels around the mine. So uh, we were, you know... Uh, we we had no water sometimes at the hotel. Sometimes we got cold water. So we were dirty beyond any expectation. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we kind of uh, 
you know, we were, were living in, it. We were in the mud. That's <laughs> awful, Antonio. That's awful. How, at what point did you say, get me out of here? I said it many times. Right? <laughs> <laughs> many times. Where please. is my soda on the set? <laughs> That's right. That's what I would be saying. Yeah. What is Hollywood? <laughs> what is Hollywood? Exactly. So what, when you're, when you're, how does, how does, I mean, we're joking, but how does something like that affect you on the long term? Yes, it does. I mean, you. That's a question that you know has been recurring all these days that we are in promotion, and um, you you learn from every movie that you have done, even from the most interesting movies. You know, you you learn always something because of the director, because of the, you know, your partners, because the character itself. But a movie like this, because the issue that we were treating and that important importance that we can give life in the essential, is fundamental. This morning I woke up. And he was tired, you know. We we were just doing 160 interviews the other day. We went, I went to Miami. I did another 30 over there. We came back over here. So I woke up this morning and I was tired. And then I thought about the miners, and I thought I have an all right to be tired. This is a beautiful day. I'm in New York. I'm a fortunate man. Um, you know, the people that I love are, you know, are fine. I don't have a right to complain. So I'm going to go, I'm going to do these interviews and I'm just going to take them, you know, with happiness. And uh, and I'm going to just try to transmit what I have in my heart and in my mind about the movie that I just did. That's not only my obligation, but as a professional, it's my obligation as a human being. Uh, one of the things that's always been striking about your work and, and about the choices you've made, um, whether it be through the times that you've worked with... Uh, a Moldavar, or even up to this movie, is is there's always there always seems to be some sort of statement about what it means to be a man, <laughs> and masculinity. There's always it just feels like it's a recurring thread in your work. Are you aware of that? Uh, yeah, but it's very interesting and very curious because if you analyze my career, I I am probably one of the male actors in the world who play more gay characters in, in his career. Yeah, a lot. And uh, But uh, but the, the people still put that stigma on me, of the macho, Latino, and all that stuff. Um, I take it with a sense of humor. Uh, there is no other way to take that thing. I, have, I am very proud, you know, to have represented the gay community without being gay myself, but doing it with respect and, um, and you know, uh, trying to be as much honest as I could with the character that I had to play at that particular mo moment, whether if it was with Pedro Almodovar, for example, as you referred before, or in Philadelphia, for example, yeah. when I played with Tom Hanks. And so, you know... It's my uh, career that gave me the opportunity to actually uh, go to places that may be considered by many people taboo, but uh, uh, and open up the door to understand, um, you know, the lives of others and to respect them. What's What's uh, interesting is that um, as a gay man and 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 as someone who observes among other gay men what you've done, it actually that macho tag is a real uh, boon, it's a boost, because it defies the stereotypes that we've been battling all right. along. So it's a good thing. And you know what it is important? Because if I, if, I, if I was gay, for example, and I am defending the gay community, but that's the normal thing, right? But not being and understanding 
others, you know, that they have different tastes for life and for the couples and for the way that they understand relationships. Um, I think that is uh, an aspiration um, that I hope, you know, that it just goes to practically everybody. Indeed. <laughs> and it becomes absolutely natural. And that's it. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Well, Antonio Banderas, thank you so much You're for spending welcome. time today. The movie is called 33. It is breathtaking, breathtaking movie. Please do watch it, and please do come back and see us again. I will. Stick around. There's more to come on The Jolt.